0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Breaking Uneven podcast, we love to talk shop, uncover the beauty of failures, and play a few games. Today we have with us the founder of Bala, Vaishnavi Bala. Before she even finished her bachelor's and master's in fashion and apparent design, where she won many awards, by the way. Vaishnavi had already started her journey with color. Have you missed anything so far, Vaishnavi?
1: No, 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 we did.
0: Awesome. So, to get started, we're going to play a quick little game to understand more about color. So, Johnny's going to take it from here.
2: Okay, yeah, so um, we're going to play the Twitter pitch challenge. Um, Twitter is known for its 280 character limit on every tweet, which sometimes makes it a little difficult to convey your thoughts. Um, it takes about 20 seconds to speak to 180 characters. So you want to transfer this challenge to you to explain to us, Balav, in 20 seconds. We won't make it easy. We want you to also use one emoji and one hashtag in your tweet um any questions
1: no i'm
2: good okay perfect so i will start your time now
1: uh so balav is a conscious genderless queer brand that aims at normalizing experimenting in fashion uh hashtag out of the box and uh, can it.
2: uh yeah that's 11 seconds but you missed um the emoji, An emoji.
1: Oh, yeah oh 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 uh, the, the cool uh, the spectric, the sunglasses emoji
2: okay yeah cool given that you had 10 seconds left yeah. we just include <laughs> uh, but, but okay yeah that's a cool description of what you do cool so
0: um, you know we after the Philippi challenge we generally go into um, a conversation with you where we start off simple by asking you know the founder where the name came from However, in your case, it's quite clear where the name came from. So instead... Yeah, I see the um,
1: first person saying that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, oh, where do you get the name from? Sure. And then it's just so weird for me to explain that, okay, this is my name. And it's like a play around my name. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, when I like first, because um, I'd seen your email as well. I was like, oh, yeah, quite a cool name. It's nice that you have a name which can so easily become a brand mm-hmm. name. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good thing if people are asking you uh, interesting story. But what, you know, what stood out to me a lot when I was looking at your website is this thing, is this term you mentioned, which is innovative jagar. Right? So what does that mean? And what is it in the context of Bala?
1: Um, so, the whole like, I started off by having, like, in, an interest when it came to fashion because it's my nanny. So, when I was really young, she made me this velvet outfit. And we were like like how everyone tells you, you know, ne the, and vaha So that was our situation. And we had like we didn't really have like facilities or like you know, you you are not gonna go and get a zipper and like have everything arranged before you make a dress for like your grandkids. She's just doing it as a pastime. So she made me this outfit and not knowing how to give it a fastening, like there's no zipper buttons, nothing. Usually Uh, I think in those days used to have like velcro which was like an easy option so what she did was she took this metal ring which was like a ring which is a part of the kitchen in the house it was like just there she used the ring and with velcro on either side she clipped it in so the back had this whole metal ring and that basically held the entire outfit so that is somewhere where Innovative Jugaad comes from and That is one of the most uh, striking things when I think about my past as how I've reached here today. So I usually, every time I'm like making a collection, there's always times when, you know, there's like a mess up or there's a mishap and you're running around to figure things out. Like in every fashion movie that you must have seen five minutes before like a runway show, that's when this happens. So that is, that is honestly part of every designer's life. And um. For me, this way of thinking like innovative Jugaad is something that has helped me like get my way out of a lot of situations and fix things for me. So I use like claw clasps in my garments. So there's this one time when I couldn't really figure out, I didn't get a button color in the same color as the fabric. So I was just confused that okay, there's no button. I don't want to be using a zipper since this is a blazer. I don't know how to clip it up together. So I was just like, okay, why not use a claw clasp? Because... That is not something people usually do but that is also something that could you look pretty cool and it stands out as a different design feature so yeah that is where i put innovative jugaad to use and the backstory is where it comes from
0: i love that i think um you know even outside the context of parlor innovative jaguar is something that's very important today but tell me this do you create problems for yourself so that you're forced to find innovative
1: solutions no, I think I'm just like a really problematic, mismanaged person, <laughs> and that my brand speaks of it because my very first collection uh, was 100% inspired by overthinking and like confusion, mm-hmm. and that is my personality. So after, so like, during COVID for a year, I was like, I had a creative block, if I could put it that way, but I didn't really have any ideas, so I couldn't really start off with a collection, and I kept thinking so hard because everyone said, okay, you know, you got to start, you got to start somewhere, and So this, I was just like, okay, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to use my personality on the garment. And I made these pants with 12 pockets because I'm a person who's completely confused. I don't know where to put my hands in. And that is one of my best sellers today because you usually don't see pants that have like 12 pockets. You look at it and you're like, okay, I don't know where to put my hand in. Where do I keep my money? Where do I keep my phone? But you can sneak in food into a theater and alcohol in a club. And I can guarantee that because I've done it multiple times
2: that that's cool that like literally your brand that you're creating is based out of like the problems or the over like it's a part of you and an extension of you so yeah that's that's pretty cool so like how did it all start like how did you come up with the idea um did you like bootstrap it how is it growing like how have you built the whole thing so far
1: so I like I said, I always wanted to be a designer. And I start, I did my undergrads from NIFT in Bangalore, And after that, like the same year that I graduated, I went ahead I to do my master's in Milan. And I studied there for a year and a half, followed by this fashion show called Fashion Graduate Italia. So while I was studying there, uh, Italy, especially Milan, is like a place where you see fashion every few seconds because everyone is so overdressed that I don't think the term overdressing exists in the city because it's every it's like normal, it's a way of life for people out there and because of that that somewhere built my character and my style when it came to fashion because looking and learning and like the college that I was studying in they have like a particular taste they guide you in a certain way and that is something that has really really helped me get where I am and uh, after I came back, I came back exactly a week before like the whole COVID uh, pandemic started happening and it was really messed up so I lost a good amount of time. The funny story is that I was, I was actually supposed to launch my brand in March 21 uh, at Magnetic Fields in Rajasthan. And I tested positive for COVID at the airport. And what's funny that I, I was worried about not finishing my collection, not packing the right stuff, missing out on things. And COVID, I was like, dude, this is something that just, this, this, this it won't happen to me. How can it have to me? I've reached the airport, my am going to flashing red. And I'm like, oh my god, like, this is one problem I really didn't think of, like, at all. But luckily, my friends went ahead and, like, did the pop-up and launch for me. And, yeah, that's how it started because I knew what I wanted to do. I knew my niche when it came to fashion. And my motive here is to make people be comfortable in wearing clothes that they might think are extravagant, but these clothes make them stand out, definitely. And I've had this uh, feedback from most of my customers once they wear something that okay you know I really like it initially I'm like, initially they go like oh I don't know where to wear it this isn't this is too much for me but I somewhere want to see India also in this, on the same lines when it comes to fashion the way I saw things in Milan maybe because everyone's so confident and it's not just about dressing up even if you're wearing like a normal kurta and pants you need to be confident and I think confidence is key so Putting all of these things together is where I started my brand, and I just went for it. I didn't have like a blueprint, I did. I mean, I had a lack, and I started, I put that money in my first collection and like part of it in the pop up that I did uh, in Rajasthan. And yeah, I mean, with the same amount of money, whatever comes in, I like, I work with that, and that's how it's been good. And it's been like a great ride. I mean, I still make mistakes, and I'm still. Learning as I'm growing in the business or like however it goes, because there are so many things that I didn't even know exist because like like after my undergrad I straight went for a master so i don't even have, I didn't even have like a work experience in a retail or in like a designer store or anything of that sort wherein you know I could have probably learned um, the nitty gritties that usually you tend to miss out when you're doing like a one month internship which I've done but yeah those are the things that I'm learning now and the best part about it is that even though people tell you that you know it's better to have experience before you start off my prime focus here was that streetwear is something that is growing this is something I've been wanting to do for a while and I don't want to be part of the other hundred people who come once it's already like a fad or like It's crazy out here. I want to be one of the first few, and at a young age, like I want to start as soon as possible. And whatever mistakes I make, one good thing is that I never make them again because I've made it, I've faced the consequences that I'm never doing it again. So rather than learning from somebody else's mistake, which probably could have helped me too, I'm making my own mistakes where I know, okay, oh shit, this is what I've done. So it's I think this way of growing is really helping me learn a lot more things. And I've never had a business background. I'm a fashion student, like completely. I've I've done fashion for like five and a half years. And now I'm learning other things when it comes to finance, business. I do my management. I'm my social media manager. I'm the art director. I'm basically everything... For Balab right now, and it's honestly fun. It gets really irritating sometimes because I have to deal with vendors, I have to deal with customers, I have to deal with like the vendors, middlemen. So there's too many people that you need to deal with, and it gets there's like a time constraint, and you know, you get late with things and all of that. But it's great because now, tomorrow, once I have people working for me, I know exactly how to do what and whom to talk to because I've spoken to each single person instead of somebody else doing it for me yeah
2: i think your passion is very evident like when you talk so it's really nice to like see how um like committed and like how like your entire journey is going and, and also like how optimistic you are about like the problem solving aspect of it i think a lot of people will find that challenging and not take it like they might they would rather make mistakes um at someone else's cost but i think that you you you've taken a really nice like approach of um being okay with like the mistakes happening while you're building the company and like learning from that um so yeah that's like incredible um and in like in terms of um, like your journey like what do you see happening in like the next year do you see yourself hiring a team um or is oh, yeah. do you still think that you want to be um like are you like a control freak when it comes to that like you want to like manage everything or do you are you ready to let go <laughs> yeah
1: I micromanage a lot, so that's my problem with me. I'm O C D about a lot of things. And again, so even if I so I definitely am going to be hiring a team very soon because um I can't be doing everything on my own at this stage because I need things to move at a faster pace. But I wanna be hiring people once I know how to handle everything on my own, because tomorrow if somebody leaves the job and leaves me stranded in between I'm not going to be in a bad situation because tomorrow if my tailor quits I can stitch my garments on my own so I want to be like in that position when it comes to working like this and um, apart from that I'll definitely hire a team like really soon but yeah I think that'd be great because now the work will get divided and it'll be perfectly managed and all of that so I'm looking forward to it
0: yeah but you know it's there's also the fact that Maybe at this stage, it is possible for you to you know be able to take over anything if someone else decides to leave. But obviously, at some point, maybe you know five years down the line or whatever, it's going to be tough to to do that, right? So for sure, for sure. Like going to the next stage, have you thought about like you know going for funding or any kind of investment with Bala?
1: Uh, definitely, I do want to get investors on board like really soon because I want the brand. I mean, I don't see this brand as a brand top whatever brand in India because of course I do, but like that's not my end goal. I want to be standing next to like a Gucci or Prada because that's my aim. Like I want to be recognized internationally and I'm somewhere working towards that because I wanted to be, I want to represent the country, of course, worldwide because India does not really have like a name when it comes to fashion and that really like irritates me because there is so much culture and there's a lot happening, there's crazy brands but uh, people don't count us in the fashion pro countries of the world, like we're not even close yet which I don't I fail to understand absolutely so that is something I would love to contribute to, apart from that uh, I want to be dressing people up from all over the world in Balav uh, for every possible reason that I make, I want to make clothes so every, now, my, I have my favorite artist. I have I love Drake. I want to see Drake wear my pants. I actually, so I edited a picture of Drake. Uh, he did this concert where he was wearing the Sidhu wala t-shirt and he was wearing black Nike pants. So I edited those pants and I made them Bala pants <laughs> and I thought people would get it, but everyone's like, oh my God, Champagne Papi is wearing your pants. And I'm like, seriously, like it. It. I mean, it. It looks addictive. But I was like, yeah. I mean, you should get it. I mean, look at it, man. That's crazy. He's wearing it. And you get it. Like, let's all get it. And that's what I'm manifesting at. Like, I'm. I hope this happens like really soon. And okay, I'm gonna be positive. It's going going to happen really soon. And yeah, that's where I see myself. Like in the next year, I. So I started um, uh, retailing from an offline store in August. So this is my first like offline experience that people would have of Balav. So there's a so-called CDC experience in Delhi. It's like a multi-streetwear brand outlet. And I started retailing with them. So in the next year, I feel like uh, since I've done that, uh, people trust the brand and like appreciating the brand even more because my designs are a little complex for people to understand just when they see a picture. It's something is be- that is better to feel, touch and like try out in person. And yeah, by the next year, I have a lot more plans. I just did a pop-up in London and it's actually currently happening Which and it ends Ooh. on the 18th. Yeah, so this is like like a small step towards like, taking it forward internationally, maybe if I can say that. But yeah, so that's where I see myself and I'm trying to get there soon. Fingers crossed
0: so there's so you okay so there's a pop up in london and then there's um, the you have a C the cdc store experience in delhi
1: yeah so the london pop up is like a temporary like one week cdc experience is on a contract basis so they have like multiple brands out there now i have people like see feel the clothes right so i'm getting like a much better response and now people know the brand so i happen to like now initially it was me selling through my through shopify and instagram so I somewhere had track of, okay, this person shopped for me, this person got it for me because I know what's going on with the brand. But now when it comes to CDC, there's an offline uh, in-store experience that I'm not really aware about. So I suddenly see like a random Instagram explore story wherein someone's wearing Balaw and I'm like, oh, wow, that's like, these are my pants. <laughs> and that's like a really like exciting feeling because I mean, this is something I've dreamed of. It's like I've always wanted to see people wear my creations and that's happening. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, that must be, like, so cool, like, and surreal to just, like, scroll and, like, see someone, like, wear something that you've created. But um, in terms of, like, your offline online um experience, like, given that, like, your CDC store or even, like, the pop-up in um London, it, when it's, like, online, I guess you have direct access, like, to the feedback and things like that. Like, is there something that you're trying to do so that you can get feedback of people that are buying your clothes, like, in person and feeling it and things like that?
1: And, in fact, I've gotten, like, a really great response about the fabric that I use so usually when you see cargo pants it's mostly like a grilled denim fabric like a thicker fabric or a canvas fabric that people use but I use a polyester based fabric which has like more fluidity so it perfectly sits on the hip and it's it flows on the on the feet and it sits on top of your shoe so when you think of someone who especially a sneaker head they want the pants to fall on the shoe a certain way and this fabric helps with that or if you see women they want pants to fit their butt properly because otherwise you know this is a problem i personally face a lot of times that the waist is small and like the hip is slightly bigger because of which the pants are loose at the waist like these pants are the material is stretchable so you make it in a way then it fits the butt and it fits the waist so it's got like a perfect fit and i mean i'm really proud of these pants because i made it initially for myself because i had this particular issue And then I added on pockets to it because of like my um, mismanagement problems. But yeah, now people really like, like initially a lot of people were like, Oh my God, what is this? This isn't cargo pants. These are different. This is a different fabric. And then I the same person after two days was like, Oh my God, you know, like it's weird initially for me to accept the fact that it's a little different from like the normal way of doing it. But I like it because it's the fit is really cool or like it's comfortable.
2: That it ties back to the point of where you said that like India is not represented generally at a global scale. And honestly, I'm very passionate about that as well. Like to see certain things where um a name brand from India is not like at the same level as an inter- international brand. And I think sometimes that's the reason that our like figures, for example, are not necessarily well represented. So, yeah, no, I like the fact that like, again, it's all like stemmed from something that you believe in, something that you faced. Um, And that's where, like, the inspiration comes from. So it's nice how, like, it all um, ties together. But, like, just curious to know, like, how the entire um, process went and, like, how long did it take you to either, like, find vendors or, like, manufacturers? Like, what was the process from, like, oh, yeah, I have this thought, like, I want to start this brand to, like, actually finding everything and actually no even like before that like thinking about like oh I want to start something actually deciding to start it and like working to start it to like finding all the vendors and everything to be able to launch your brand like was that a quick turnaround or did it take you like a long period of time
1: um initially so since I'm from a fashion background I like even though I studied in Bangalore I always had like um like a Mumbai base when it came to like fabrics or like you know tailors and stuff like that so um i had two months so i tested positive right the, the two months that i had before uh, the launch i was just told that okay on the 1st of march this uh somebody reached out to me saying we're having this and it's happening on the 19th so um, and this is when my brand hasn't launched yet so i was like okay let me do it why not and i'm gonna do it in a way that this particular pop-up marks the launch of my brand as well So I had 19 days to create a collection and I don't do mass production. So I made like uh, about 20 pieces in total uh, and I took around 60 of each. So at this point, I had three different tailors. I outsourced everything from three different tailors who I previously have worked with because um, like I usually, since NIF happened to me, I've always gotten like my birthday outfit or like, you know, an outfit I want to wear for somebody's wedding. I started making my own clothes because I was like, okay, the the kind of design that I want and I know can be possible is not readily available. So why not? Because now I know how to do this. So I started getting stuff made So because of which I had like tailors here and there around the town. And uh, since I had like a a fashion background, I also knew how to get stuff done because this is what they teach you in college. Like every year in this, you make a garment. From scratch, you stitch the garment, you get everything figured out, you do the printing if that's what it takes. So this way I figured how to get these things done here, how to get the other stuff done from there, and that's how I put it together. So before the 19th I just put a I just had like ten, like twenty pieces that I put together and there was no after that there was no backing. So this happened, the pop-up started. I'm at home, uh like I've tested positive, my friends have gone and had done it for me. But while this time happened, I started uh, on, like, there are these online consultancy agencies that uh, help you hire tailors and a team and stuff like that. So I just thought, okay, why not? Now that I don't have, like, a fixed person, I want somebody to work for me because I don't want to be outsourcing this anymore. So I just put up a story and somebody reached out to me and since I couldn't get out, I just... Uh, got so my mom had one of my pieces. I just told her to like refast it to this guy, and I told him that okay, this is how the piece is. and I asked my fabric vendor to send like courier the fabric to him. I said like, okay, he has a machine at home, I can't do anything, I can't get out of my place, so I'm just gonna give you the sample. Just make it on your own, figure the piece out, make it, and show me if you can do it. because usually when tailors see my clothes they just get scared and they go like madam ye to nahi ban <laughs> and i i i'm just like like i can help you with it it's not that complicated and yeah he like he figured it out somehow like through calls i helped him and he made it and I was like, okay this guy knows he's he understands my uh, fashion sensibility or he understands my patterns so i i took him in my team and he helped me get another tailor so we're a team of 3 right now and for the other stuff when it came to like my packaging and everything so my roommate is a graphic designer so she helped me with my packaging here and there and I've always like had like an OCD when it came to aesthetics and I've used it everywhere it's in on my Instagram it's on my website so I use my aesthetics and my color palettes in terms of how I want my packaging to be and the very first order that I got after magnetic fields I'm still home so I But at this point, so I tested negative and my roommate who went and did the pop-up for me came back testing positive. So I'm at home again. And that's what happened. And I'm at home and I got the order and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do because I don't have a packaging. And I had grey fabric. I had my uh, label. And I always wanted my pieces to be, like, I'm, I'm a conscious brand, so I always wanted like a fabric packaging for my stuff. So I just sat and stitched this dust bag with like a gray fabric, which is like gray, beige, black. These are like the base colors of the brand. So I used the fabric and I took the label and I like placed it down and I stitched it. So I did this by hand. And then I was like, okay, I want this person to be able to use the bag even otherwise. So I gave it like a thread, which you can stretch out from both sides. So you can use it as a bag, which, you know, when you're traveling, you can put in your makeup, you can keep your shoes in it, or you can use it as a carry bag to put in your clothes while traveling. So I made that so now the the client has an experience apart from shopping. Uh, for whatever like the person got a T-shirt for me. So apart from the T-shirt, now they also have a bag which can be used in a situation otherwise. Like so, I, more I've, all of my friends have supported me and like shop from me, and it's it's so amusing to see how each one of them has put the bag to very different use. Somebody has their makeup in it. Someone's put the toiletries. Someone uses it to like carry shoes around the place someone's kept it as a like below a flower pot so it becomes like a bag to like cover a pot so it's got multiple uses and yeah that's how I that's what helped me with my packaging and then after a point I started getting orders from outside Mumbai now I have to deal with the shipping problem so I'm like oh now I don't have a packaging for shipping because this is just fabric so then I started with a box which the the fabric bag goes inside a box So even for the box, I just made a simple box because this is like my outer cover. So I just put like my QR code on it. So whoever sees it, if you scan it, you reach my Instagram. So you know where this is coming from. So that like figuring one, one step at a time. That's how like now I have like a proper packaging box, which has this fabric bag inside it, which has a paper that covers the garment. There's a thank you card. And like, I keep adding stuff each time, like every time I'm growing. So I change it, I tweak it. And the best part is that I don't do mass production. So everything is exclusive and everything is carefully thoughtfully made after I get an order. So each time I have a new collection, I tend to like change the color of the packaging bag. So if you shopped for me a month or two months back, you might have a gray bag. But now if you shop for me, I'm giving you the same kind of bag, but in a beige. So every time you're getting a different bag as well, so yeah, that's how it is. So it just it's fun because at the same time I'm trying to slowly dive into being super conscious as a brand because all the waste that I have, like my scrap fabric, I use it to make a new collection that goes out as one of ones and exclusive pieces. And even if like if the if the scrap is super tiny and it's just like threads coming out which can't be put to like proper garment use, my tailor really like helps me with these things wherein he made like an iron pillow so and he stuffed all the like the prop the the chota scrap fabric and the dust kind of scrap fabric into that and he's made an iron pillow. So now if I wanna iron a curved surface like for example a sleeve, it goes on the pillow and we iron it and it's put like it's different use but that pillow has been created with our scrap from like the past collection. So nothing going a hundred percent out and we're not wasting water or fabric or anything of that sort so that's something that i mean the fact that it's not mass produced this is something that i can inculcate into my brand which i'm doing and i'm also dropping like a one-of-one collection really soon wherein i have about five six pieces that are exclusively one of months completely made out of like upcycled fabric and scrap so i'm oh, working wow. on that right now it's just the only problem is this takes really really long because it takes us like three days to put the scrap together just to make one meter of fabric so it's a very tedious process but the end product Whoa. is always amazing to look at because you're in when it comes to these pieces we create the fabric that makes the garment so it's the, like from the first to the last step everything is done by us
2: wow so like yeah like also like you have a very like iterative processor every time something comes up so it's see so like yeah it's nice to see that um even though you say like you're an overthinker and things like that you didn't necessarily like stop the like your process if something went wrong like you kept launching new things and like figured out the um, solutions on the go rather than like figuring it all at the start
1: yeah I think I get that from my mom so because the first very first time that I made a mistake so I don't know if I should say this out loud since we're recording this but anyway I sent out these pants and there was no hole or button in it. And the customer goes like, hey, now that I have this impression that, you know, I do things that are weird and out of the box, he goes like, hey, is this intentional? (laughs) I was like, no, I'm really sorry, but this is completely my fault. I'm so, so sorry for like having this sent to you. And I completely freaked out. I was like, mom, like I sent out pants with no buttons in it. Like, what do I do? What do I do? She's like, see, now you've already made the mistake. There's nothing that can be done. Just like calm down, get it back, say sorry. And like, just probably send him something. else like, this note, like a sorry note yeah. because he probably wanted to wear it somewhere that he can't do anymore. And that's how I fixed it. And But after that, every time I checked my pants like 10 times because that probably, that was a step that I didn't do 100% earlier because of which I made this mistake. This happened in like the very start. And yeah, I mean, I've been very careful after that. Before I guess we
2: go to the next segment, I just have one other question regarding like your gender neutral um, aspect of your brand. Like there's no particular garment for just a woman or just a man. So like how did that concept or what like motivated you to create a brand that's completely like gender neutral?
1: When it comes to dressing up, dressing up is something that I, this is my, in my personal opinion, I feel like it is not something that can be separated by gender barriers. Because I wear a lot of, like, initially, when I was back in college, I used to shop from the menswear section because I found the clothes much cooler. And, like, I always liked baggy pants. And for women, however baggy they were, the thigh and the calf would always be sticking to each other. And it's, like, fitted. So, I mean, I, I've, I've never been, like, a black LBD or, like, a bodycon dress kind of a person. I've always been, like, a big T-shirt and, you know, loose clothes kind of a person so um that way I was just like okay now even I personally find menswear cooler why not just make clothes like that's what I do I make clothes I don't make clothes for you or for him I just make clothes for anybody who would want to wear it and it's not even it doesn't even differentiate in terms of age like I did a shoot with my nani wherein she wore my t-shirt and she's wearing headphones and chilling because my whole point of the brand is that I'm not just selling clothes I'm selling a lifestyle and I'm selling a cool, like, chill out. Like, these are clothes for people to be comfortable in. It might take you a while to get used to it because it might be a little out of the box. And not every... Now, tomorrow, a lawyer can't wear this jacket and go to court, obviously. But this these pieces are for everyone. Definitely, now after court, if you want to go for a party, yes, please. Like, you can <laughs> wear it. Whoever wants to can wear it. And that's what I want to push out. That tomorrow, if there's an uncle who comes and shops for me and he likes... Uh, like a jacket that is for him as well, it's not particularly made keeping anybody in mind. And I've had a lot of guys come and inquire about these, so I made this upcycled crop top which is called the mile high top because it has like this entire crisscross detail in the front. So the whole mile high concept, because you open the crisscross detail, the top's off, so it's that easy. I mean, and I had a guy who came and he's like, Can I wear this? I was like, Yes, please, like, of course. And I kid you not, but I have worn that top. My friends have worn that top. But he looked so hot in it. And he sold that top so well. I made like I made two two sales at the moment. So he wore it at a pop-up. And I got two orders on the top like right after that. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, I want to push this idea because the fact that he's wearing it shouldn't be a deal at all. Because he wants to wear it. He's wearing it. I mean, you don't need to be reacting about, oh, she's a girl, why is she wearing? like baggy shorts and a hoodie because now she's wearing what she wants to express herself she doesn't have to express her gender because now that is visibly out there and even if it's not it's none of your concern so yeah i think
0: it's it's you know it's important that you're bringing that concept to india especially because in a country like ours which is so traditional it is um it is something that needs to be said and as you know india grows with that mindset hopefully bala's the one that's like driving it going with it um and you know that's it's it's a great, um, great mindset to be in, but um, yeah, let's let's go to the next segment, right? So I think this is quite a fun segment, and I think considering what the conversation's been so far, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what your thoughts are. So it's called red flags. Um, we're going to give you three situations. Uh, each situation has uh, a, like three um, sub. Items. So, two things that are going great, and one, let's say, not going so great. So, the red flag itself. Um, and then you have to pick which of these three situations you'd rather be in and why. So, situation one is that Balab's Instagram and community is growing fast almost viral. Your stock at the CDC Center in Delhi is running out constantly, but you have a long, long creative block. That's situation one. Um, Situation two is Bala is getting new orders and customers every day. People are connecting with the brand ethos and are able to express themselves better through Bala. But your website breaks down and you lose orders for a week. That's situation two. And then situation three is that you're able to do a pop-up at New York Fashion Week. Your latest collection is covered in top fashion magazines around the world. But you find a Bala copycat that's stealing your market.
1: Um, I think the third situation. Oh, how come? Okay, so situation three, because firstly, I'm at New York Fashion Week, which is um one of the checklist goals, and I want to be there. And my latest collection is covered in top fashion magazines around the world. Yes. Um, I find a copycat that's stealing my market. Uh, I have had that issue about a month ago, and I think... Again, I've dealt with the issue. I can deal with it again in the future. Why? Because uh, they can copy whatever they feel like because once I sell out, like I sell a collection and once my stuff is out, I do not restock. So yeah, this only pushes me to create newer stuff and make more. So I think situation three would be like the most ideal situation to be in.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting right? like uh, they also say imitation is the best Form of flattery. So if someone's copying you, it obviously means you've got something good um, that people want. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you know, there is this aura about New York Fashion Week and, and fashion magazines that's unbeatable by any other kind of like you know, whether you have a social media following or you know you, you sell out you sell out your entire stock. Nothing beats you know getting those. As you said, right? It's like a checklist. I mean-
1: best form of marketing right because after that after like a New York fashion week show there is like everybody knows what Balav is and there is no like going back from that position so I think that's like the most ideal position for a designer to be in and yeah people can copy as much as they want to because I think plagiarism is something that is always going to be there and people do this in the name of inspiration it's been there since forever it will be there and nobody can change that. no, makes sense. Um,
0: but yeah, with that, let's let's move on to our final segment. I'll hand over to Janvi.
1: Um, so
2: yeah, our final segment is the rapid fire. So as the name states, I'll ask a few questions, and then you have to give us rapid answers.
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. I've always wanted to do a rapid fire. <laughs>
2: okay perfect um so the first question how many all-nighters did you pull in your first year of Bala
1: oh my god I've been pulling all-nighters ever since I joined fashion college so I think that's like a way of life now I sleep (laughs) at four I mean sleeping at four is like my normal even if I don't have work so that's how it is
2: oh god okay um have you ever questioned whether it was worth it never
1: never 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 never
2: um the scrappiest thing you've done to build balav
1: I can't really think of anything. But I mean I've definitely done some dumb shit, but I can't think of anything like right now.
0: I did you started with this with just, you know, uh, an investment of one lakh. All of it was, you know, done scrappily right? That's
1: <laughs> how yeah, you
2: yeah. it. uh we're this place uh from where you've worked.
1: Oh, the place where I'm working from right now is the weirdest place because it's like this really small. I don't even know how many square foot it is because it's so small that I don't think the term square foot exists for that place. But it's like this really small box where I have two machines on a table, and my tailor just goes like, "Madam, please, go and find a and I'm just not able to find like a good spot because I've been wanting to like shift since like two months now, and it's just so difficult to find like a place, like a good place in Bombay." okay
2: uh your favorite fashion magazine
1: uh i think id and paper why because it's like really it's got like an off approach to it
2: uh your favorite designer
1: demna like Balenciaga, demna gozalia and daniel roseberry from shaparelli
2: um your favorite product
1: my pants and my actually i love everything but that's like a very cliche answer but yeah, the pants and the upcycled, the mind high off.
2: Yeah, I was guessing the pants with like the 12 pockets, given yeah. like, yeah, like, given our and,
1: and those pants are actually called lost my shit pants because like
2: I lost my shit while I made them. You <laughs> shit when you wear them. Yeah. That's funny. Um, uh, will you
1: ever retire? I don't think so because I enjoy what I'm doing. So I think I'm just going to be doing this for the rest of my life. But I'm just going to have like a huge team and like, I'm just going to be, like, on calls. I mean, that's what I manifest. I'm just going to handle everything through calls, design, every time. Because I'm very, like, OCD about the fact that I design for my brand. So, that is one thing I think I'm going to do forever. And, yeah, I hope it goes as per plan.
2: Which hobby of yours did your work kill?
1: I think nothing, because all my hobbies have been on the same lines. I like painting. I do that even now. And that's where my, like... I make, like, business cards and stuff for my brand. So, I derive my ideas from my artwork, which I still do. And, yeah, I think I've not really been, like, someone with, like, a lot of hobbies. My mom just used to put me in every class when I was a kid. But I just like, like, art and crafts and, like, fashion. So, that.
2: So, you made your hobby your work, basically. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Book a podcast. Podcast. Um, An iPad or a notebook.
1: An iPad. I think that's the best thing that happened to me. It's the easiest. It made life so much easier and so convenient because, like, I'm not the best at illustrating like a body, but an iPad just like it changed all of it for me. So yeah, hands down, an iPad, and I'd I'd like suggest everyone who's in design to go get one. It's like the best investment ever.
2: Um, your favorite social media platform?
1: Instagram. I'm addicted.
2: Okay, so that concludes our rapid fire uh, segment and bringing us to the end of the conversation. But before um, we end our podcast, we ask our guest, to ask our next guest, the question. The question is: What's the
0: one thing they want to change about their past?
1: Okay, I need to like think a little. But maybe be a little more organized as a person I think if I develop and probably become like a morning person because every time I wake up in the morning like wake up early I've just realized that it makes my day much much more productive which is something I lack because I sleep really late and like I'm a night person so that is something I'd absolutely like to change about my past and my present actually
2: um I would say like in terms of organization it seems like your inspiration comes from how disorganized you are so I think it is good that like you're not that organized
1: probably but I feel like if I do then you know the time when I run out of ideas after being disorganized is when I become organized and start doing like an organized collection so there's like a difference <laughs> in the clothes that I make it was an absolutely
0: amazing conversation. Thanks so much for, for uh, you know coming on board. Um, and yeah. It was just Thanks for having great. me.
1: Because it was really fun. I mean, I've always wanted to do like a rapid fire and like be part of a podcast where I get to talk. It was like super fun. Thanks, guys.